0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we cover the late Pick Five at Pimlico on Preakness Day, Saturday, May 15th. This is show number 121, May 14th, 2021. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper Chris Larmy. Chris, the weather looks to be terrific for the Preakness. Are you ready?
1: Uh, I'm ready. The question is, is the world ready? Uh, I think we have a storm descending upon uh, the Preakness, even though it might not come from Mother Nature.
0: (laughs) And our guest will have something to say about that. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to Round 2, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out, playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get Tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly Round 1 begins. If you join the Tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code Kings so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportivekings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. This week we have a very special guest. He's an author, handicapper, and the creator of the most well-known speed figures in racing. He's inspired millions of horse players over the years through his books and his columns in the Washington Post. He's Andy Byer. Andy, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you. I have, uh, our our mutual friend told me uh, uh, what what ace handicappers you are, so I'm uh, honored to be with you.
0: Well, we're we're honored to have you. Um, this is a, a special treat for us. Um, you know, we, if we had to list, you know, our top five handicappers that we'd want to put on the show, you would definitely be on that list, and uh, so we're really glad to have you here. Well, thanks. Um so the first question I have Andy which is a question that everybody seems to have an opinion on what are your thoughts on the drug positive with Medina Spirit in the Kentucky Derby
2: Well um I have I've I've always liked Bob Baffert I mean I admire him as a trainer I think I mean he's the greatest trainer in America one of the one of the all-time greats and I uh uh you know I I really believe, I, I didn't harbor the kind of suspicions about his uh, uh, honesty or use of illegal substances that that a lot of people in the sport have. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, when I look, there are plenty of trainers that I, I characterize with. Characterizes cheaters, you know, the Horgan Navarro and Jason Service, and they're characterized by horses who just wake up and you know and and run figures or deliver performances unlike they they never have in the past, and uh, and you know and those uh, uh, those kind of big wake ups have not been a that that much of a characteristic of Baffert. I mean. And I must, but I must say in, in just the, uh, the last couple of weeks, my, my faith in it has, uh, really been shattered. I, uh, I, you know, I, I think that the, the, the whole way the, uh, you know, the Derby, uh, positive has played out, uh, with, with, you know, with his, uh, uh, first his denial that, uh he you know he'd, he he ever used betamethasone and then and then the story about the uh uh you know the ointment containing uh, containing the drug it just i mean it just didn't add up i mean it, it, i think most people listen to him his explanations and found them sufficiently preposterous that that he lost all credibility and i uh you know i you know so i put put me in the deeply skeptical category
0: yeah i i have to i have to admit i i've been made fun of by non-horse players uh who are like oh you oh you're you follow that's that cheating sport you know, um, <laughs> uh, they, they, they kind of, they're kind of mocking me and not everybody, of course, but a few people. And, um, I, I think we should bring Chris in here to, um, see what your thoughts are, Chris.
1: Oh, well, I, I definitely echo what, what Andy said about, um, you know, recent events and the lack of credibility, not just with, this recent positive with Medina spirit, but the other recent positives over the last year, I mean, the excuses you kind of maybe could believe once, possibly twice, but when it's three or four times and you keep getting these preposterous reasons why the horse has come up with positive tests, you know, it just, it, it, it gets beyond believability. So, you know, I totally agree with that. I think his credibility is shot but like you said scott uh, he's not the only one suffering from this the entire sport gets a big black eye yeah.
2: you know the uh, the the uh, one website there was a photograph of the uh, of the box that contained the uh, the suspicious ointment and uh, Beta meth <laughs> was in big black leathers <laughs> with with a uh, counsel. Do not use this, you know, without consulting with a veterinarian. And the idea that Baffert could have said, "Well, we never used it," and that neither he nor uh, his, his vet or vets uh, had been aware of this, either, you know, <laughs> either. Either they're just lying through the teeth or this is a pretty inattentive uh, you know, bunch of people uh, you know training or managing a Kentucky Derby horse.
1: And you have to put it in context because this is after he did the big mea culpa with his other positives saying, oh, we're going to crack down, we're going to run a tight ship, blah, 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 blah. I mean, if you add that in, it's even more preposterous, right? Uh, I would say so.
0: <laughs> well, if Medina spirit wins the Preakness, does, is that any form of redemption, do you think?
2: I don't think so. I mean, you, if he, I mean, he has evidently p- passed the first, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the first the, the, the test that they gave him, uh, uh, at Pimlico. And so you could just say that the, uh, you know i mean eventually the uh you know the the beta methazone is is going to leave his system uh so i i don't think there's uh I, I don't think i mean the only redemption that uh that he can get is if the split sample uh is clean and it indicates that the the original test was faulty uh uh other, otherwise i think there's a oh, there's a certain disqualification and a big suspension for Baffert.
0: Okay, well, uh, definitely not, not a pretty thing happening to us, um, but we are handicappers, and we do have uh, a pretty juicy late pick five at Pimlico tomorrow, starting with the ninth race, so uh, let's get on with it. The first race is the Run Happy Skip At Stakes, uh, six furlongs on the dirt, purse of a hundred thousand for fillies and mares, three-year-old and up. <laughs> and Andy, why don't you get us started? Who do you like on top in this race?
2: Well, I, I found I found this the the, the least attractive uh, uh, part of the pick five because there are uh, you know there are too many horses who who could win in here at moderate prices. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, I, I can't zero in on one. I can tell you that I, I, I could never leave out uh number eight French empire. I mean, first time Brad Cox, I mean, he's the, he's, he's the kind of guy who, who can move them up first time out. And I thought that, uh, the, the, the two horse casual has just been, been running against, uh, uh, a higher level of competition at Oakland than than uh, than any of these other horses, but uh, uh, you know, my my l- list of horses to use would be a little longer than that.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. Got to go deep in this race, Chris. How do you feel about this race?
1: Well, I kind of echo what Andy said, although Chubwagon has the sort of paper that might get bet. It- She is eight to five on the morning line, and maybe they bet her down. So maybe the rest of the field's prices don't look quite so bad if that's the case. But I agree. You know, French Empire, first time Brad Cox, also a private purchase by 10-Strike Racing, you know, Marshall Graham, who's been on our show several times, you know, they're sharp, 10-Strike. Um you know, that combination's pretty powerful and the horse has been training really well. So I'm kinda with Andy there. I would expect maybe a career best sort of performance. And there does seem to be enough speed in here where that eight post you could get a nice real stocking trip. So, you know, French Empire to me looks like probably the most likely winner, but I agree also agree casual's been facing really, you know, good competition. This is a little bit of class relief. There's no Kamari or or, you know, Frank's Rockhead or Edgeway in here. The only thing I don't like about Casual, you know, as a sprinter, she, she just comes from so far back. She's always, you know, kind of pace dependent, trip dependent, but given the, the likely sharp pace, uh, you would think, and the class relief, that horse could run a big race in here, but it all kind of depends on the trip there. So, you know, to me, those probably are the two most likely winners. And, they're not great prices at the morning line, but maybe one or both could float up if they really pound Chubwagon. So I'm kind of with Andy there. There's another horse in here I think you'd probably want to use as well, but I'll I'll punt it over to you, Scott, and see what you think.
0: Okay, I actually I meant to ask Andy a question uh, because you know Pimlico is your home track, and I know that you know having read. My $50,000 year at the races, you, uh, you really capitalized on biases there back in the day. Um, are there any biases right now that we need to know about?
2: Well, uh, you know, I've, I've been uh, you know, look, looking at uh, 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 Pimlico from that standpoint. I mean, the kind of biases... that used to exist in the good old days at, at Pimlico have basically disappeared from American racing. I mean, when you would walk into the track and expect that, you know, at least eight of nine races would be won by a horse hugging the rail. There have been a couple days early in the meeting at Pimlico, uh, including opening day, the 22nd, where, where, where I did make, make the, uh, uh You know the the, the track a, a definite rail bias yesterday, and then it has kind of even it's pretty much evened out. Yesterday, um uh, I thought the rail did look good, but it was there were only four dirt races on the card. This is a situation that we <laughs> we're seeing a lot these days, and and it was you know uh, w- with, with only four races to go on, it's just hard to come to a definitive conclusion but I would certainly be wa- you know watching closely today to, you know to see if, uh, if if there is a bias.
0: Okay well um, thanks for sharing that and I feel a little better about my pick in this race, which I am I'm going deep like you guys are. However, um, the one I'm going to pick on top, is actually the one horse club car who just had her, her nicest win. She did come off the pace. She's going to be on the inside. They're, they're going to go out there. They're probably going to set a pretty good pace. And in her last race at Keeneland, she dropped back and then she just swung out and like mowed them all down. And won with a hand ride galloped out with her ears pricked. And she's really not, She's not much slower than. She, in fact, I mean, on the figures I'm looking at, she's about the same uh, speed. She's about as fast as French Empire, but French Empire is three to one, and uh, Club Car is going to be maybe ten to one or higher.
2: You know, I would, uh, I, I would not knock Club Car. I, I would say in this race, the you know the pace scenario is really going to be critical i mean if if chub wagon and uh don't let sweet foolia uh go go head and head in a big duel as a you know as you know the paper uh uh you know su- su- suggests what might happen then you know i think we we you know we we could be looking cl- uh, more closely at uh, horses like club car or, or whoever might have the big finish. But I mean, how how many times have we seen scenarios like this where one of the horses doesn't pop out of the gate and the, and the whole, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole scenario is, is different. So that's one of the reasons I'm a little hesitant about uh, race nine.
0: Chris, you had uh, you had another horse that you were perhaps interested in.
1: Yeah, and it kind of ties in to what Andy was saying. Um, you know, Chubb Wagon gets i rad back on board and sometimes I rad likes to, you know, get a little cute on the front end. And you I could see a, a, a scenario where they kind of let don't uh let don't let sweet fool you. I hate those names where they string words together. Um that they, they let don't let sweet foolia uh you know get a lead, and that I think that horse could be really dangerous on the front end, and it also would you know compromise the other horses trying to come from farther back, so the other horse I was considering was you know don't let sweet fool you that horse, if irad kind of lets the six go to the lead um could be dangerous on the front end. the horse has always been good um. And its last race, it has some excuses um, for sure. So um, I would throw that race out. And prior to that, it was on a nice win streak. You know, for I think one, three or four in a row, all real easily. So, you know, that horse is kind of dangerous, depending on what IRAD does on the five. But if they do hook up, then uh, it could be a completely different result. So this is one of those races that's, difficult from a pick five standpoint because there's so many horses depending on how the race unfolds that could end up winning
0: yeah i'm probably going to go six deep in this race um, which i know is crazy in an eight horse field but um i get skinny later so i think i might just have to bite the bullet here
1: yeah i definitely won't go six deep um but i'm i you know my get i might is probably gonna play it to I'm going to try to beat Chub Wagon. I think that's the big underlay in here. And um you know I'll probably go with French Empire and Casual but, uh, and um probably don't let Sweet Foolia sort of a backup if if they do let that horse get loose. That's probably the way I'll, I'll go on this race.
2: You know I I I think that morning line is a little suspect. I mean I th- this race has got you know enough strength in it and uh particularly with names like uh Brad Cox and Asmussen in here. I, I just don't think that uh you know a Philadelphia uh, you know a a Pennsylvania bred uh you know shipper is is, is gonna get hammered by the uh you know, by the public.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. And you brought something up I think I was gonna ask you about do you think matters they have that like um bonus for the trainer that earns the most points on the Preakness weekend and you know trainers like Asmussen and Cox and others are probably have that in the back of their mind do you factor that all in the handicapping for this weekend
2: Uh, no (laughs) I mean I think they're I think uh, most of them would just settle for winning the Preakness (laughs) okay
0: All right, let's move to the second leg of the pick five. It's the Jim McKay turf sprint, five furlongs on the turf, purse of 100000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, why don't you get us started?
1: Oh, this race is a piece of cake, just like all these 13-horse turf sprints are. Um, Although I do think there's probably like half the field you can toss in here, um, but the other half are hard to separate um if it wasn't for post 13 i think completed pass is kind of the clearly the best horse in here at least in my opinion but you know at outside post in a big field um it's hard to see how that horse isn't going to get parked you know three or four wide and that's a tough way to win a turf sprint could still win but um uh because of that post i think uh it definitely is a vulnerable um I kind of gravitated down on the opposite end of the starting gate to the one horse Boldor, who's an Asmussen horse that runs well on both dirt and turf. Um, you could argue that he probably is as good on turf as on as dirt and his last race they um, put him back on turf and he, ran well, and he had actually run well before on the turf, but for some reason they had um, been keeping him on the dirt and they decided to try him back on the turf and he ran really well. And his, you know, races, recent races when he runs well are definitely good enough to win this. He draws an inside post, so he could really trip out in here because there's definitely quite a bit of speed like you'd expect in a five furlong turf sprint that doesn't mean the speed can't hold on a lot of times the the best of the speed wins this race but it certainly should be a hot pace and this horse could you know save ground it's not going to be way back it's not like a closer but it should be able to stock and assuming it can find a seam late um this horse i think could run a big race at a at a decent price so i'm I'm on the one bull not, he's not a a single or anything in the pick five, but he might be a a decent play in the wind pool. Um, So that's kind of where I'm leaning.
0: He's got a 97 last race buyer versus completed passes. 96 Andy, what did you think care?
2: You know, I, uh, I think that number four, the critical way uh, is if you pardon the expression, the class of the field, um, you know, uh, a lot of times these, these, these turf sprints uh, that that look like kind of nothing on, on, on paper, you know, kind of like a stake with a $75,000 purse, like the, uh, would just appear to be a kind of an ordinary uh, uh, kind of allowance type race. But there are, relatively few opportunities for the for top turf sprinters and they they often show up in these in in these lesser races and uh, and i mean the critical way has been running against i think the elite turf sprinters around i mean you look at that race three races back uh, it's a $75,000 purse at Gulfstream. I mean, Imprimis is a killer who won it. Extravagant kid, uh, who second, uh, subsequently won the million dollar, uh, uh, turf sprint in Dubai, uh, uh you know, in the last race. I mean, Bound for Nowhere is, um, uh, uh, is one of Wesley Ward's, you know, best turf sprinters. I mean, this horse has been 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 running against, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the aces of of Eastern turf sprinting. So I, I think uh, I I think he is, uh, uh, you know, the 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 one to beat in here. The I mean, the only only other horse that I looked closely at, or that I considered a a strong contender in part because I couldn't get a real handle on him was uh was number 1 Boldor uh you know the winner and and the third horse were both Wesley Ward horses who were had been deemed good enough to go to England uh you know I mean you know they're just hard to, uh, if if you look at Maven the, the you know the the form of Maven who uh who won that race. It's just, I found it a little hard to get a sense of how, uh, you know, of how good he is. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think that, that you know, that, that figure of 97 is legit. you have got Steve Aspenson, Um uh, you know, that, that, that time was quite, uh, the time of that race was quite good compared to the, you know, one other allowance race, uh, 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 on the turf on that card, so uh, four one are my numbers here.
0: Okay, uh, <clears throat> I it's uh, definitely respect the four, <clears throat> but um, I'm worried about the hot pace. I think there's going to be uh, an all out battle here, so I want a closer. I will go deep and I'll 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 use I'll probably use the critical way, but um, the horse I'm going to land on is Love You Much who is the eight horse, uh, likes to close, and love you much, loves second off a layoff. She won her maiden second off a layoff in 2017. She won her second off a layoff in 2018. She won her second off a layoff in 2019. And she was second to completed pass in her second off a layoff last year. Um, this, is just, this is what the trainer does. And this is what the horse does. And, uh, I think she can blow up the pick five at 20 to one.
1: Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones that I'm probably not going to use, but, uh, you might be right. Uh, I don't know if she's good enough to win this, but if the race falls apart, anything can happen. Um, you know, if it were, if it were anything longer than five furlongs, the I would be more inclined to lean towards, you know, trying to find a horse to come from out of it. But these five front on turf sprints, a lot of times, you know, it's just the horses don't come back, uh, especially if they have some class. Um, So I'm a little bit skeptical of that happening, but there is a horse I like to come out of it kind of along the lines of what you're saying, Scott, just a different horse. I think a little bit better horse, and that is the seven Dubini, who's coming off a long layoff. Um, but her or his best races are pretty good, and if they they are tiring up front, this is the kind of horse I think that could take advantage of it. Um, you know, this horse does have some back clash, you know running against horses like pure sensation and extravagant kid. and so uh, you know, I think it has the past class, and it comes from a barn that's really good first off the layoff. Horses run really well before off the bench. It's an eight-year-old, so you never know. You know, it's getting a little old, um, and, you know, that that's a, a concern. But to me, that's the horse that if it does kind of fall apart, might be able to take advantage of it at a big price. And you got a little bit of back class there that you, that you don't have with some of the other closers. Um, and like I said, the barn typically fires first out. So, you know, that that's, to me, the, the possible surprise. Maybe not so much as a win, but to help. Um, juice up underneath in the exotics, the vertical place.
0: Yeah, uh, that's actually my second choice. So um, I, I totally respect that, and uh, this trainer can win. Uh, she's got five wins off a half year layoff or more, sprinting, going f- exactly five furlongs on the turf. So um, yeah, I'll I'll be using them both, and I, I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't be like singling. Love you much, but um, I definitely want any closer that has shown ability to to either run fast enough to win, or just to win, because uh, I think things really could fall apart here.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I I think you know, expecting pace meltdowns when you've got you know good five furlong. turf sprint specialists uh you know populating the field is, is you know is uh you know is, is, uh, it's not it's not gonna happen that you know that that often I mean they, this this is what these horses do they go out they run there's you know there's lots always lots of competition for the lead I mean you're not going to get you know a horses loose on the lead, uh, in a race like this, uh, with a field of 13. I mean, you look at the critical way. I mean, he's, you know, he, I mean, he's head and head for the lead and, you know, in seven of his last races, I mean, he's won three, lost a couple photos. I mean, I, I, uh, I just think that's the way the race, the, this race is going to be run.
0: Yeah. We shall see. And, uh, certainly, I certainly I look forward to, this is one of the, the the most exciting races on the card. And um, I I know that Chris has uh, espoused the same theory that, you know, that these turf sprinters, they just, they can, they can do it. But even with a hot, you know, even at only five furlongs, when they're all out from the beginning, there's, there's, there's a good chance that uh, something's going to happen. So, um, but, but I will, I will have a few of the speed horses just in case.
2: I mean I could see Boldor getting uh, you know a uh, you know a very good stocking trip in here I mean he's he's certainly not slow but he's got you know uh, he's he, he's got braces where he, he he's shown a, you know a good late kick as well uh, uh I mean that I mean if, if 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 the speeds are softened up I could uh, I, he he'd be the one that I would lean toward <laughs>
0: Yeah, I um I have him as a use as well. Uh those are my top 3 I love you much, Dubini and Boldor. So uh so hopefully I think we we'll, we're all we're all in if uh if Boldor wins, we're all going to be live. Let's go to the 11th race. It's the Maryland Sprint Match Series. Grade 3, 6 furlongs on the dirt, purse of 150,000 for 3-year-olds and up. And Andy, where are you here?
2: Uh, I'm on number five strike power um, I think that uh, I mean he i mean he was he was running against you know real uh, quality sprinters at Oaklawn. i mean S- i mean cZ rocket Whitmore Empire gold uh, you know, they, you know, most of them uh, I think they were all in the breeders Cup sprint and uh, the fall and ran well. I mean, he he's run three buyer speed figures and triple digits in his career. I don't think anybody else has has done that. Um, uh, uh, I mean, he has uh, hooked up with some some real fast horses uh, uh, in speed duels, and uh, you know that's 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 my number one horse. <laughs>
0: Okay, Strike Power, um, part of what projects to be a pretty fast pace. Chris, where did you land?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think this really projects to be that fast of a pace for a you know six furlong stakes race. I think it'll be, more, I mean, they're not going to crawl in the front end, but to me, Strike Power will get the lead, and the seven horse breezy gusts will probably be the one that will stalk. And, um, I don't think they're going to go that fast. And I, you know, I, for, I think the horses forwardly placed are going to be the ones to beat. I agree with Andy. I kind of almost was sure he would like strike power based on the comments he made in the prior race. Cause to me, strike power is kind of like the critical way and they're very similar different races, but I mean, facing tougher horses, horses that like to be forwardly placed that are probably the classiest of the speed horses, but I, and and so I respect Strike Power a lot. I am gonna go with the other horse I mentioned, though Breezy Gust. I know he doesn't have the same class credentials, but he does have something I like a lot, which is upside. And he um, ever since he joined this current barn under Danny Velasquez, he's turned into a real monster. And, uh, his last race, he did get beat and I know his competition hasn't been the greatest, but that last race had to carry 127 pounds. And in modern racing, that's kind of really unusual. And that was going seven furlongs. So now he cuts back, you know, gets five pounds less, cuts back to six furlongs and gets Joel Rosario, um, to ride. Uh, I think this is real interesting. I think Rosario Will be content to let strike power uh, lead, but I think he's really good at getting these horses to finish and this horse I think has some talent and upside and could run a really big race and because he is coming in from parks, I think he'll get overlooked some in the betting, and there might be some value there so. I don't know if he can beat Strike Power on the front end, but I think he might be able to, and you'll get a much better price. So I kind of like the seven-horse Breezy Gust.
0: Okay, well, I've got one more crazy long shot before I get um, normalized picks. My long shot shot special is in this race, and it's the three Mucho. He showed a lot of talent as a two-year-old, and he finally showed a little improvement. His best race ever last uh, three races ago when he won at nine to one coming from not too far back. His next two races were against a speed flow. One was in the slop and the other was at seven furlongs, which is not his thing. Of his five wins, four came at six furlongs and one came at five and a half. Since his last race, he's been working like a mad dog faster than he's ever worked. And uh, the trainers had one entrant at Pimlico and one. Uh, I think his inside post steads him well here. I do think there's going to be a hot pace, and um, I think uh, he could come rolling at the end and um, uh, you know r- really sweeten the the pick five.
2: Okay, I'd like to mention one other horse uh, that I would. Uh... I uh, will probably use uh, along with strike power, possibly in an exact, uh, and, and that is uh, the eight horse special reserve. Uh, this, <clears throat> the, you know the, uh, the the, you know the last race where he, uh, he ran second to Flagstaff, uh, is even though the figure was not super. I mean, this was a very good performance for a couple reasons. One flagstaff came out of there and won a grade one stakes at, at churchill so he was good but special reserve throughout his whole 18 race career has been strictly a six furlong horse i mean he has never won beyond six furlongs and so for him to stretch out at se- to seven and be be right there with flagstaff i think shows some r- real improvement and which which you might expect uh you know after uh you know the claim by Mike Maker uh, two races back. So uh, that that's my that's my alternate to uh, Strike Power.
0: Chris, do you have uh, any other thoughts on this one?
1: Um, you know, I don't really have anything else that I I love in here. I mean, I kind of like a, a little bit Lebda the Ten Horse um, since they gelded him. He seems to be a much better horse here recently. Um, I just don't know if the race shape's going to help him any, um, but he's always been pretty good horse. I mean, he started way back in April as a two-year-old and he's run some good races every year. And it, and it does seem like since they gilded him, uh, he's been a different horse and, you know, maybe he can continue that progression in here. Uh, I think, they've got to use different tactics than they did in his last race. But if they, if they take him back like they have on occasion and he might end up from that outside post, getting a good stocking trip uh, at a price. So that's the only other one, but I really think, I don't think it's going to be that hot of a pace. And I think the two, the five horse strike power and the seven breezy gusts, they're probably the ones to, um, to beat in here. Special reserve, I agree, I kind of like him some, but you know, my my basic premise is that these horses like Flagstaff, they're winning grade ones, but they're just not that good. I mean, the the sprinters this year have not impressed me at all. You know, Whitmore, I think's lost a step, Flagstaff. um, So I'm just not that impressed with the horses that are winning the graded stakes. So I don't know if there's that much of a class edge there that's that's just kind of my feeling. That's why I think a horse like Breezy Gust with some upside, um, even though he hasn't faced the you know class horses, there's really not that big a difference between um, uh, the the fast sprinters in the non-stakes and the fast sprinters in the graded stakes right now. But I could be wrong. We'll find out.
0: All right, I'll mention it. Just a couple other bombs that I'll be using because uh, I do you think there's going to be a hot pace and I want closers? I like frosted grace, uh, has at least one race was always fast, even as a two year old and, um, is circling back to a number that, uh, that he ran in at Gulfstream, like last September. So that horse I think could win. And I also think that threes over deuces, uh, is another long shot who's run fast enough to win and is, in, is in second off a layoff for a trainer who that's that's like his best his best uh pattern he's got a 269 roi second off a layoff and had nice works going into that last race which was uh, just a conditioner so um you know i'm'm I'm, I'm counting on the the bombs to fly in the first three races and uh and then and then we'll get skinny in the next two The first of those two is the twelfth race. It's the dinner party stakes, which did it used to be called the Dixie? Yes, I think it's now Uh, the dinner party stakes.
2: I actually, I, I, I thought that. Oh my gosh, this is political correctness run amok. You know, you can't name a race the Dixie, and and where did they come up with the name dinner party? Well, I. In in the 19th century, uh, there was a big a dinner party of leading um, uh, breeders and owners in Kentucky, and one one of the uh, 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 one of the attendees was uh, from Maryland. It says, "When I get back home, we're gonna we're gonna run a race called the Dinner Party in." Uh, uh, uh you know in, in, in honor of this wonderful dinner we're, we're having here. and uh, the winner of that race was Preakness. Uh <laughs> They subsequently mm-hmm. changed the name of the race to uh, uh, to the uh, uh, to the Dixie, but uh, uh, so 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 the dinner party has, you know, I, I would say worthy historical roots, so we can't make fun of the name.
0: Okay, <laughs> I thought maybe it was a horse, but it was actually a dinner party. That's uh, yep. that's pretty cool. Uh, and it is a Grade Two mile and a sixteenth on turf with a purse of two hundred fifty thousand for three year olds and up. Chris, what did you think here?
1: Well, I you've got to respect the Chad Brown horses. He's kind of took the winter off, but his horses are all running this spring. Probably won't get a lot of value there. Uh, some like a hot brown. I. I've got some respect for him as well, but I'm going to side with the two horse English B trained by Graham motion coming off a layoff. This horse actually won two years ago on Preakness day off a layoff. So, you know, it likes the course, you know, it can run well, fresh. Uh, Graham motion tends to do pretty well on this card in the past. I've cashed on him multiple times. Well, the horse gets a nice rider switch to Joel Rosario um, who is pretty good on these turf closers. Seems like there's um, some good speed in the race and this is a horse that needs a little bit of pace to run into. So good post, good rider, has one awful layoff on the day at the track, a lot to like at a pretty square price. So I'm going to kind of roll the dice with the two English B.
0: Same trainer as Secret Message, at least uh, for a while, and she also won off the layoff in the spring uh, at at good prices. Andy, where did you land here?
2: Uh, gee, I I, I like uh, some like it hot brown a lot. Uh, you know, th- this horse has been in two consecutive just uh, you know absolutely killer speed duels against. Uh, you know, against, you know, monstrously fast horses. I mean, now the, the Keeneland race, the horses who were battling one, two, three for the lead wound up running seventh, eighth, and ninth. I mean, there was a, a real bullet in the race named get smoky I in mean, the time before that, in the, in the Gulfstream race. Um, I mean, he, he was, he was chasing factor this, uh, and, you know, but before that, I mean, the, <laughs> the horse has got lots of big figures. He ran second in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, vaunted dinner party stakes last October. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's speed in this race. There's one speed horse in this race and, uh, uh, he, he's my horse. I'll, I'll play a, you know, a, I'll play him in the exacto with the Chad Brown horse, uh, Sacred Life. And I, I mean, I'm not going to let Chad Brown knock me uh, out of a pick five on the turf, but uh, on a turf race. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I think uh, Some Like It Hot Brown is the one to beat.
0: Well, I'm with you, Andy, on Some Like It Hot Brown. Uh, I think this is a single for me. I think this is a great opportunity to use a single because I think the Chads will be over bet. And I think that he should be able to wire this field after setting that sizzling pace in that last race. You know, he's second off the layoff. He was working great into the last race. And like you said, get smoking was like hell bent in that race Uh, here. He should get the lead. Uh, I guess flying Scotsman could try to press him and, you know, but it'd probably be relatively modest, so um, you know, unless unless he's hell bent on the lead, also, in which case, then I think that you know, some like it hot brown could even let him just go and and still win, even though I don't expect that to happen. So, uh, so I'm I'm down with some like it hot brown.
1: Yeah, I just want to point out, you know, Flying Scotsman was part of that red hot pace last time that that some like it hot brown got cooked by. So there is a chance they could go pretty fast again up front. That's the hesitation I would have with some like at High Brown. I mean, maybe they don't they probably won't go as fast as they did last time because, you know, the the got smoking's not in the race. But um they could still go pretty smoking fast early with flying Scotsman who does seem one dimensional, kind of need the lead type.
0: Okay, well, I think that, that uh, it's a pretty simple race for us. Um, so we might as well go to the marquee event, and that's the Preakness, which is a mile and three sixteenths on dirt, purse of a million dollars for three-year-olds. Andy, who did you land on?
2: Well, uh, let me uh, say, say something about Medina Spirit. Uh, uh, <clears throat> first, I mean, I was, of course, overjoyed to... Uh, you know, hit my uh, once every 20 year Kentucky Derby winner uh, 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 two two weeks ago. I mean, I I like this horse off of his Santa Anita Derby. I, when we were we were talking about biases earlier, and and I thought that April 3rd at Santa Anita was a major rail bias, and his you know his wide trip uh, versus Rock Your World just pointed him out. So I, I love Medina Spirit. Uh, It will always have a place in my heart. But after that race, uh, my immediate reaction was: you have to bet against this horse uh, next time out. I mean, the the uh, the trip that he had was kind of was as as favorable as, as as you could any anybody could hope for in a, in a 19 horse field. I mean, he, he gets over to the rail from, from post eight. Nobody else really, uh, engages him in a, in a killer speed duel. Obviously there was pace in the race, but, <clears throat> um, you know, it, it was, you know, it was sensible enough. I mean, two of the horses, uh, uh, uh In the field, who could have been speed didn't show it. Uh, It was, uh, you know, you know, it was just uh, the, you know, the, you know, the 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 greatest trip you're you're going to get in 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 a field of that size. And uh, uh, I just don't see it happening here. So I mean, leaving aside all of the drug issues, just as you know, a a rock solid. uh, you know, rule of handicapping uh, d- don't get sucked in by a horse who just won with a perfect trip. So uh, I, I, I want to bet against him. Unfortunately, this, this race didn't take, didn't take a shape that I, I would have liked. I mean, there's, there, there's nobody I can love in here, but I, I have, after, uh, you know, much uh, thought uh could have, concluded that Midnight Bourbon is is the uh the logical alternative uh to Medina Spirit. I mean I I, watch, I watched that Derby film several times and just uh I mean never got a a good handle on what happened. I mean he 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 broke well and then there was a little jostling, but Smith just took a hold of him unnecessarily. And, uh, uh, and just, you know, he, he was never in the race. I mean, after, uh, uh, you know, always showing, uh, you know, good positional speed. Uh, I mean, I, my, my guess is that, uh, Asmussen probably didn't like the ride either, uh, based on the jockey switch to a rat or tease. So I, I, th- I think midnight bourbon is, is the, uh, logical alternative to the Derby winner.
0: Yeah, I, I watched that race, too. It looked like he made a pretty nice run, um, although a little unthreatening, in my opinion. Chris, where did you land?
1: Well, I'm hoping that the way Andy sees it is the way everyone sees this race, because to me, I, I'm i really negative on Midnight Bourbon. I I think this horse is kind of a grindy speed horse. that doesn't have enough speed to usually make the lead, but he doesn't have any gears to pass horses late, so... I just don't see a, a, a scenario where this horse wins. I'm not saying he's not a good horse, um, but any kind of trip in that Derby, that horse wasn't going to win. He wasn't didn't have the speed to be up near to the front and didn't have you know the capability to pass. And I think the same is true in this race. And, you know, Mistina Spirit got a good trip last time, but he's going to get the same trip in here. Unless Mike Smith does something crazy on concert tour, You know, Medina Spirit ought to be out there winging it on the front end at a moderate pace with Concert Tour, you know, acting as his wingman. That's how I'd see this race unfolding. Now, if they send Concert Tour or does a Mike Smith middle move on the backside and the the pace really heats up, you know, that might, you know, that will definitely compromise those two. But it seems like they're going to control the race from the start. I don't see Midnight Bourbon having any impact on it. Uh, at best, he can try to chase from the third spot, but I don't think he has the speed to run with those too early, and I don't think he has the ability to pass them late. So I'm going to fade him completely. I think there's some value in that, because I think he is sort of the logical horse for people to, to go to after Medina Spirit if they don't like Concert Tour. Um, so that's I see it that way, but I, I do want to try to get past the favorites in here because of all the craziness this week, you know, maybe you can beat Medina Spirit. I've never been a big concert tour fan. I've always thought he's overrated. Um, he hasn't proved—he didn't prove me wrong in the Arkansas Derby. Maybe he proves me wrong in here. He has been training well, but, and, he, and he should get a good trip. So I am a little bit concerned about that. But I'm going to try to go for one of the new shooters, not one that came from the Derby. It's a horse I actually pegged for this race back way before the Derby, and that's the Four Horse Crowded Trade. Um, you know, they targeted this, the Preakness with him, which Chad Brown did. He's done this before with cloud computing. I think this horse's races have all been really good. I, I know everyone's going to say that the wood was a bad race and all that, but I mean, this horse's debut, he made a nice move and won sprinting first out. They, they jumped him right into graded stakes going a mile in the Gotham. thought he ran a great race in there. He made a big move could did you know lost by a whisker to wayburn um could have that photo could have went either way i didn't know who had won and i'd bet wayburn that day um uh you, you could say maybe he hung a little bit but that was a second start and his first time routing um you know it was a lot to ask i thought it was a really good race and then in his it's wood you know he made that a big early move A big early wide move. He just ran past his higher regarded stablemate risk taking like he was standing still. But um, again, he hung a little bit late. That was a crazy track that was going a mile and an eighth his first time around two turns. You know, a lot of weird stuff going on there. You know, that got you could say that was a weak race. And maybe it's true. But uh, the prior race, he beat highly motivated, who came back and almost won a bluegrass over essential quality, and uh, I think another horse out of that race came back and won a stakes race. So that that Gotham wasn't that bad. Um, I, the horse might want a little shorter distance. I still think the jury's out. He has stamina, breeding underneath, uh, more than ready. Can get horses to go a distance sometimes, at, at, and. You know, I just have been really impressed with this horse's races. I think he definitely is going to make his move. And if Castellano can time the move a little better in here, you know, to me, he's the horse that could sit that stocking trip, make the move, get the lead and and win at a price. So for me, the alternative to the favorites is the four horse crowded trade.
0: Well, I'm going to be on board with you on crowded trade. Um, I watched his races. He ran big in the Gotham, you know, and not only did he just barely get beat, but you know, he he bobbled at the start and then did like a weird check at the beginning and he still almost won the race. And I didn't like him in the wood because he was stretching to two turns off a big number in the Gotham. And he still ran third and he ran really respectably, but first time two turns is often a problem for horses especially coming off a big number. They almost always improve off of that. Uh, their next time going two turns, and uh, to me, he's 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 the most likely uh, most likely winner of the race. But I will say that I'm I'm you know despite Andy's warnings, I think Medina Spirit he's going to get his own way with Concert Tour out there. I don't I don't really get what the jockey situation is with Concert Tour. Mike Smith that's his only meet on the entire card. I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I couldn't see his name anywhere else. So he's flying in just for that horse. Maybe he's, maybe he's riding a good horse today for Baffert. I don't know. But, um, um, so, so I think the concert tour is just going to stalk him. They're not going to like get into a speed duel because that's not what Baffert wants. So his buddy is going to protect him. He's going to get this cozy inside trip and he's the fastest horse in the race. So, the only reason, that, you know, not to use them is the value. So, uh, so, um, but I will use both Crowded Trade and Medina Spirit in the pick five.
2: I, I totally disagree with your, uh, uh, assumption that Medina Spirit is going to be on the lead. I think there's no chance of it. Uh, uh, the, uh, 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 you know, the fact that concert tour is, is in here, uh, you know, what are they going to, what else are they going to do with him, but go to the front? I mean, he, he is the horse who, you know, who, who looks like the the most one dimensional speed type. Uh, uh, you know, why, you know, uh, you know, why would they have entered him if the idea was to, you know, minimize his, you know, chances, uh, uh, by, by taking them back. I mean, I, I said, su- I, I suppose, you know, like if, you know, if Medina spirit were, you know, were like going for the triple crown, you might sacrifice concert tour, but if, by, uh, just l- letting them, uh, sit behind them, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't think that's a, something that Bob, Bob is going to have to worry about. And I, you know, and I, I also think that, I mean, Steve Asmussen watched the Kentucky Derby too. And he, you know, he saw Medina spirit get the same perfect trip uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that, that we all did. And I just don't, uh, I don't think he is going to be, a, a willing accomplice uh, to letting medina spirit have a uh uh, uh you know a, a soft trip on the lead i i think you under may underestimate this horse's quickness that that race in the louisiana derby with a half and 47 was was i mean those were really legitimate fractions i mean this horse has got speed and uh uh, I don't know ex- exactly how this is going to play out, but it will not be a duplicate of the Kentucky Derby. Perfect trip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's why they run the races. Right. Um, right. I, 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 am, I am a little baffled about concert tour. I mean, yeah. And I'm, I'm even more baffled cause I see that Mike Smith doesn't even have, he doesn't have a mount the whole weekend except for this horse. And and if Rosario like why is Rosario on this France Indigo in in go Go de Ina? I, I I I don't get it. I mean um, it it just it's perplexing to me. I is there are there any stories on like these these jockey moves?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I I got uh, I got nine to two on France Go de Ina. Uh, to finish last. I mean, how, <laughs> how, how, how can anything else happen there? Wait, where uh, can
0: we bet uh, that? Uh, Andy, <laughs> because uh, I have some, I have some top choices that I want to make that bet <laughs> on.
2: Um, the, uh, just a, a friend of mine, you know, uh, posited this theory about the two Baffert horses that, uh, and he suggested Baffert would, would, just love to get Medina spirit out of the limelight and winning the greatness and then having the possible tainted triple crown, uh, be in, you know, in, in the news for three weeks, uh, it is, is probably something he doesn't want. Uh, and so maybe concert turner is just, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the horse that they're going to send to the lead and try to uh, try to get the front running win on. And, uh, uh, we'll take, uh, maybe we'll, we'll give Medina spirit the tougher trip this time. Just, just a, a little conspiracy theory for you to ponder.
0: Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, after this podcast, uh, now I'm really looking forward to seeing these races just to see how they unfold.
2: Right. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, just one comment. Does it, does any, let me
2: ask you, does, do either of you have any thoughts about keep me in mind? I mean, I keep keep looking at the, this horse as, you know, maybe a part of an exactor here. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he, uh, I mean, he. he's, you know, he's got, you know, he, he, he you know, he, you ran very well in the breeder's cup juvenile. I mean, he, you know, he's a mile back, uh, you know, in the derby, uh, can, can you make a case for him?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. He, he hopped at the start in his last race and then he was seriously bumped. He gathered himself and made a big run seven wide and he galloped out. Well, I, I, yeah, I think he's legit. He's a legit underneath horse. I don't. I'm. I kind of doubt that he can win, especially with that style. Uh, Chris, you you had a yeah. What do you think?
1: Well, I've always been a fan. I mean, I actually bet him in the Breeders Cup Juvenile, but I bet him because I thought he was kind of a one-dimensional closer, and the and the pace looked like it was going to be crazy, and that's exactly what happened. He still didn't win. So, to me, he's one that could get a piece. I don't see how he wins it. He's just too much of a drop back you know finish you know closer they did take the blinkers off last time which i think makes sense because you know that's just the way he runs he's just it's going to be hard for him to win any races um with that style but i certainly wouldn't be shocked to see him run like you know third or fourth maybe second but i've always been a fan it's just those kinds of horses are tough to play on the win end
0: I, I I do think that another underneath use could be Rombauer, who um, he was bumped pretty strongly at the start of the Bluegrass, and he finished third, and then he galloped right up to the leaders. Um, he's got a you know he's improved every race. Um, I think he could he could round out the try.
1: Yeah, for me that horse isn't keeping me in mind to Rombauer. I I think it's risk taking. The other Chad Brown horse. That horse, you know, he's shown some talent. He's really bred to run long, you know, get better with distance. And the fact they scratched out of the Peter Pan to run in here, I is a positive sign. So and you know, of the of the double digit odds horses to run underneath, that's the one I would like of, of the rest out of the rest of the field. The nine horse risk taking.
0: Okay. Well, that wraps up the pick five. It should be a really interesting sequence. Uh, Do you guys have a chance to look at any other races on the card? Any other uh, spot plays?
2: No, I was so intent on not being totally embarrassed in this uh, illustrious company that I got <laughs> this, solely Stop focused it. on nine through thirteen. <laughs>
0: Hey Andy, imagine if imagine if you had to do it every week. That's that's where we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did look at the undercard. You know, to be honest, I there's nothing that I was jumping at at me as being you know horses you got to play. I did think it was kind of interesting. There was one, um, to one of these wide open you know uh, turf races. The fourth race at Pimlico where the horse, the seven horse Fionn bar, I think is how you would say it. Um, seven horse Fionn bar. I thought there was a lot of speed that looked like a race where a horse could come from out of it. And that to me looked like a horse making a second start off a layoff it was probably the best closer in the race. So the seven Fionn bar in the fourth race, I thought it was interesting. It's 12 to one in the morning line. That's about the only kind of good value play that I, I, that sort of jumped out at me. I haven't looked at all the races yet, but that's the only one I spotted.
0: Okay. Well with that, then I'd like to thank our guest, Andy Beyer. Andy, thanks oh, for guys, taking the it, time. It was
2: fun. I can't, can't wait to see how it all works out.
0: Yeah. Really looking forward to it. And, and again, really, really uh, appreciate you joining us for the show. And hopefully we, uh, we, we, Steered into some winners.
2: Well, let's hope so.
0: That will conclude show number 121 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck in the Preakness Pick Five and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout.
1: I'll see you on Sport
0: Get it.